Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, today we're talking about loneliness. And I got to tell you, you know, a lot of people are lonely these days. Not that they aren't normally, but uh, especially with this virus and and people being stuck in their homes, uh, there's a lot of people that are, you know, watching the same old movies over and over again just to get by. Um, And plus, those people with families are stuck with their children or maybe a a partner that they're not real happy with. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on with the new dynamics of having to be isolated into your home. But, you know, when we talk about loneliness, our our need to connect as people is really important. Uh, Many of us uh, frequently feel alone, even though some people are surrounded by other people throughout the day, you know, or or if they're in a long-lasting marriage, they still experience a deep and pervasive loneliness, you know, and those feelings of loneliness and isolation affect all kinds of people of all ages, and, and although some, like adolescents, are more likely to be impacted than others, the, the elderly are also a high risk. And, and research indicates that more than 20% of people over 60 frequently feel intense loneliness. And they suffer from loneliness, and it, it is somewhat like suffering from a, a physical pain. There, there's even a, a, some studies that this brain scans of lonely people who receive a, a dose of Tylenol showed reduced activity in pain processing areas in the brain. And in addition, loneliness can heighten the fight-or-flight response and, and the psychological reaction a person has when they face a threat. So, you know, these feelings of isolation can have a really serious detriment on a person's mental and physical health. Uh, loneliness can be a, a risk factor for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, um, arthritis, and, and there's other critical diseases. Um, you know, lonely people are also twice as likely to develop ice. Uh, I think I'm going to get it. Alzheimer's disease. And at the root, isolation compromises immunity and it increases the production of the stress hormones. And that makes it harmful to sleep. Um, and, and so all of this feeds a chronic inflammation and that lowers your immunity to the degree that that these lonely people even suffer more from a common cold. And that loneliness can be a chronic stress condition that, that ages the body and it causes damage to your overall well-being. And so, you know, I'm not trying to be the Grim Reaper here, but loneliness has a very emotional and situational dimension uh, with both need to be addressed and, and they have to be overcome um, so that people can connect with other people. And, and the sub, you know, subjective perception of loneliness is often the dominant factor. People with only a few friends can feel uh, fulfilled, but people with vast social networks can also feel lonely. And so for that reason, it's important that those experiencing loneliness 
challenge your feelings, acknowledge the likely transience of those feelings, and they also take very concrete steps to strengthen connections with other people. You know, it, it can really be difficult to meet new people, you know, especially for the elderly. But, but reaching out to people who are in, in, in a close proximity as well as to weak ties to people on social network can be a good start to break that barrier. And so those people experiencing uh, very strong loneliness, they might benefit from speaking to, to a mental health counselor or uh, try some new strategies to cope and meet with other people. You know, uh, truthfully, a bad marriage can be the loneliest place in the whole world because you're stuck with this person you don't want to be with. And um, if you have to get divorced, there's consequences, there's financial, there's emotional, there's children, there's, there's all kinds of crazy complications involved in that. And so some people just hang out in the marriage that is not uh, very good. And, um, you know, NPR did a survey about loneliness and uh, they uh, worked with Cigna, uh, the, the health insurance company, and they asked about 20,000 American adults if they agreed with the statements like people are around me but not with me, uh, no one really knows me well, and the, the, sur the survey found that younger Americans were lonelier than older Americans, but by researching um, this subject, the Cigna study is also uh, was was uh, a little too limited to tell us why young people appear to be lonelier. But it's because, you know, it could be because uh, people, uh, younger people, are in normal, healthier life stage before finding a partner or having children, and so they haven't established their life, they haven't established their direction yet, and uh, maybe their friends change as they get married. So there's a sense of loneliness in the pocket of about 20 to 32 where people do have that degree, but that's only a guess because once again, the research couldn't really um, you know, pare that down. You know, although you know, lonely people are sometimes more socially isolated, it's not always the case. It's possible to even be lonely when we're surrounded by people. And it's possible to have just a few friends and enjoy deep connections with them along with uh, times of solitude. So, you know, research finds that loneliness and social isolation are really not good for you, though. And so on the average, people who report being lonely have about a 26% increase risk of death compared to those who are not lonely. And uh, to those who live alone, have, they have a 32% increase in risk of death, but those who are socially isolated have about a 29% risk of death. So loneliness over time, if you look at it, you know, it, 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 to measure it, you know, you have to understand where people are. And if you look at it, a lot of people have answered yes to these questions that they often feel left out of things. They often wish they had more good friends. Um, they, there's always someone I can turn to if I need help. That There are statements like that that people have agreed to in studies. And I usually have a few friends around that I get together with. That's some people uh, say that and agree with that. And so, you know, but that doesn't measure the quality of those relationships. And, and that's the strange thing. That, you know, looking at people that isolate and they, they turn to social media oftentimes and they treat their feelings of loneliness through that. And that even makes them feel more lonely in the, in the long run, but in the short run, they get a very small 
adaptation where they're okay with it. They're good, you know, because they, they've reached out and talked to some people, you know. But um, it's sad that in this day and age where we have so much social media that people present their life in a way that it isn't really. Um, oftentimes they personify themselves in in uh, much more glamorous ways or much more sexual ways or much more professional ways than they really are as a person. And so what you get in social media just by itself is usually ego-based, meaning that you're creating a, a facade of who you are. And then there's the person behind that. And uh, it's, it's kind of sad, but that, that's what that social isolation does. And that's what that social media does. It doesn't really give you that quality of talk that you really, really desperately need. And it's an epidemic, loneliness. And, and you know, we're going through a lot of social change these days. Uh, you know, these news technologies, these, um, it's just allowing us to remain in touch with others without actually having to connect with them. There's people, especially young people, who can't even have very good conversations simply because they don't know how. They know how to have a conversation via text, via email, um, but they don't like having them in person. They can even do it over FaceTime or whatever, Skype, but they don't oftentimes really connect as a person to person. And so people do find themselves locked away. And it's really sad because I've also seen a lot of young people who want to be married or want to be with someone, but they never get out. And all they do is uh, the you know the dating uh, uh, sites, which oftentimes personify a fake person. And so uh, these folks have a hard time dating because they're just not out there. They're not uh, they're not out there looking. They're not out there at parties. They're not there meeting friends. They're not going to church. They're not doing a whole lot of anything. And so uh, oftentimes they find themselves kind of locked away in their own little world. And so, you know, if you even um, looked, looked at loneliness, you know, and ask yourself, can someone really die of that? That may seem over the top, but the question really is very strong. You know, there's a lot of people who after their spouse die, they die. And that's simply because they love them and they miss them and they miss that company and they miss that life without that person. Sometimes when children die, parents may die. It's, it's a sad thing, but that loneliness and that despair can really truly affect people. And so it has to be treated. It needs to be treated. Um, and very important that if a person is isolated, that they find a way to connect mentally and physically with other people and try to create some really good, dignified conversations. It's unfortunate as you get older, um, people tend to tell the same stories over and over, which drives other people away because <laughs> they don't want to hear the same story over and over and over again. But people tend to use those stories as their testament to their life. And uh, there's so much depth to life and there's so much depth to people that if you really make an effort, you can have very, very strong conversations with people you don't even know. And, you know, it's really important in measuring sociability. They, they, they use some studies, uh, social studies, um, and basically they try to, you know, observe aversive behavior when, when, and what that does to the your dopamine, which is the happy chemical in your brain, and uh, how does your brain react to it? And uh, when you're deprived of social interaction, 
um, the, that social section gets absent and then a sense of loneliness and despair uh, kicks in. And it, you know, it's really interesting, you know, I can't remember the movie with Tom Hanks where he was on the island, uh, whatever it was, but he, where he was by himself and he created the, the, the uh, soccer ball Wilson as his company. And I would suggest to you that's exactly what kept him going and what kept him alive, that attachment to something that he defined as real. Children are very, uh, when they're young, especially when they don't have a lot of friends, they don't have a lot of kids their age around them, they have a tendency to also uh, attach to objects and make them into people uh, for them. And, it, and that is just out of the pure need of the human soul to connect with something or someone. And, and so that's, that's pretty much how all of us feel but how we all deal with it is different. And depending on your level of ability to trust other people is a big thing or have faith in other people or be able to forgive. A lot of people who can't forgive, they think in black and white terms. That means that you know, you're know you all this or you're all that. They like to label people because it makes things so simple. Well, that's really easy to do when you're uh, living behind a computer screen and not out there interacting with other people. And so, unfortunately, people tend to judge uh, a lot quicker than what they would have if they were had to be around people a lot more often and have to work with them and have to talk to them and show interest in them. Then we tend to find the real human, the real person. But unfortunately, all of us throughout all the course of life have the desire, the deep need to attach to someone else. And what's really, really interesting about all that is when you're not attached, some people get very desperate and they will create uh, some kind of initiative to help them find other people into their life or other people will isolate and, and contain themselves into a space uh, because they're afraid of rejection. And so, you know, insecurities play a big role in people who isolate. But what we haven't talked about is, and it's really important, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? You know, introverts get their energy from being alone. Extroverts get their energy from other people. And so some people are in between that. Some people are sometimes I'm this way and sometimes I'm that. But, but a lot of people are to the more extreme versions of an introvert or an extrovert. And so if you are an extrovert, and you're, de you're deprived of other people in your life, what's going to happen is you're going to go stir crazy and you're going to become desperate because you need to connect with more than one person. And probably the few people that you are connected to are probably driving you absolutely crazy if you're not driving them crazy. And so it's important for that extrovert to feed that energy and have many networks to feed their sense of loneliness. And I'm talking about healthy networks of people, healthy places where they can go to to connect with other people in one way or another. For an introvert, it's important to have more quality relationships, but those people also need to get as much out of the relationship as you do. So if you're an introvert who doesn't know how to talk, if you're an introvert who's uh, not a very trusting person or kind of grumpy or whatever, um, you're going to have a hard time maintaining those quality friendships. If you're a whiner, you're going to drive people, the soul's going to actually leave their body if they have to listen to you whine. So, you know, introverts, they have to play it safe. But if you're going to play it safe and you're going to be lonely, you have to find places to connect with other people in one way or another. 
And so, you know, if you compare the craving of uh, socially isolated in individuals, uh, that it's almost like a hunger state. And, and that hunger state is a trigger for food. And so this is a different trigger. It's a different, it's a consumption of human beings. And that means to connect with other people. And so, you know, all of us feel this. And we often know that it's part of our brain triggering us to need to socially connect. But that social connection also played a big role in our survival. And it's also a part of our genetic makeup that we are pack animals and we tend to leave it, live in social groups. Yes, some people like to be hunters where they just kind of on their own. But of the most majority of people, about 70% of our population are gatherers. And that doesn't mean that that's all we do. But the, the bottom line is, is that we're, we do need to connect with other people. We de and the, if you're going to connect with other people, the one big thing that you have to be good at is listening. But it's also listening with empathy. And that means don't talk over other people. And that means to empathize with them and let them carry the conversation to you and have many questions about them. If you're inquisitive of other people and you're curious about other people, they tend to connect a lot easier. All right. So, you know, let's uh, move on. We're going to talk about the psychology of loneliness in just a little bit. So let's take a quick break and let's come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about loneliness. You know, it's really interesting. One of the questions that you will, that usually always get somewhat of a similar answer to is what is your biggest fear? And oftentimes the answer is to die alone. And to die alone is a great fear of all people because if you die alone, that means you have a lonely life. And I've got to tell you, you know, it's important to understand that people that manage their integrity, um, the integrity means the consistency of who you are, the, the you know, that you're you're usually the same person at all times, you're dependable, you're trustworthy, you're somebody that follows through, you care, um, you're somebody that adds value to to everyone's life that comes into their company. That is a very important element because that integrity is what makes you attractive. And as we get older, our wisdom certainly is more important than our looks. And so the wisdom that people carry into old age, if, if they use that wisdom to help others, and if they manage their integrity well, they will usually have people in their life their whole life. Um, but the people that don't manage their integrity, the people that don't tend to manage their relationships, they don't tend to offer much, they have a tendency to pull away from life. And that means that as they pass or as they go into their later years, they fall into deep, deep pockets of loneliness. Once again, the element that you manage to make your life attractive is your integrity, which offers your value, your trust, your faith your positivity, your hopefulness to other people. And they catch fire from that. A very important element of people to, to manage as they get older. You know, humans have evolved to require really deep and meaningful connections. And it, it's basically a survival mechanism, which, you know, drives us to connect with other people. But realistically, those connections we crave are, are, aren't really easy to find. You know, when people fall short of connections or people fall into trust issues, which trust issues are where all conflict is in life, whatever it is with anyone, when you have trust issues and you, you don't take on those trust issues, you don't overcome those trust issues, if you delay those trust issues, then what tends to happen is people... Uh, tend to push away from you in life and don't count on you as a person. You know, um, when people fall short of those that trust, their desire, their, and their only choice is uh, superficial socializing, and, and so they get they get lonely. And at some point in our lives, chances are that you and I will always, in some degree, feel a sense of loneliness. And, and researchers define loneliness as a perceived social isolation or a feeling of not having the social context that you would like. You know, what's wonderful about faith is if you have faith of any choice, um, people tend to care about each other in, in a way that's very important because there's always the love of God. There's always the love of God there, and I'm not going to preach but basically, if you develop a relationship with God, what you're doing with your friendships on earth and your relationship with your spouse is you're cultivating how to have a relationship with God through how you connect with them. So how you connect with other people, your best friends, your spouse, whatever, that says a lot about how your relationship is to God. And so, you know, you really want to develop that so that you can have a better relationship with God. Um, you know, feeling lonely is not the same as being alone, um, but, uh, you know, 
<laughs> we can be lonely but not alone, and we can be alone but not lonely. But the, you know, solitude is a constructive state of engagement of yourself. That's meaning you're meditating, you're looking in at your thoughts, you're trying to guide your life a little bit better. Um, you know, time planned and time spent alone to disconnect from distractions, to think, to do as you please is not the same as loneliness. Solitude is at a time that we that it's used for reflection, for inner searching, for growth or enjoyment of some kind. And, and deep reading requires solitude. So does experiencing the beauty of nature or thinking and, and being creative. Um, that that also requires your solitude, and it gives us a chance to regain some sense of perspective. But when you lose all sense of how we reconnect and withdraw into a, uh, a, a circle, you can easily get caught into loneliness and in an epidemic. And loneliness feels draining and distracting and upsetting, and, and it's a feeling of disconnection from society. And if you're lonely for a few months after you know your your relative or close friend passes away, that's normal. But if you've been lonely every day for months or years or something's wrong, a sign that loneliness has gone out of control is that you're always lonely. So that chronic loneliness has roots that are both internal and external and a combination of genes and social circumstance. So although loneliness is usually temporary, when it becomes the chronic uh, consequences, that can be serious. And, and it's been linked to depression and anxiety and interpersonal hostility and increased vulnerability uh, to health problems such as cancer, or diabetes or heart disease. Even suicide can be tied to a sense of loneliness. You know, for many people, loneliness can significantly impact their quality of life and their physical and mental health. You know, uh, uh, chronically lonely people tend to stow away. No matter how uh, life uh, circumstances change, social interactions makes them feel anxious as though they desperately need more sociability in their life. So chronically lonely people are, are social perfectionists, basically, that, that is more common among lonely individuals than non-lonely people, that the lonely people thinks that they are unloved and that no one will befriend them. But perhaps the problem is rather that because they place such impossible demands and perfection on a friendship that they're not capable of loving or befriending someone. I, I've known people who actually drive people crazy because as a friend, they, they guilt you out for not spending time with them. And that's never a healthy thing, and that's never a healthy individual for you to spend your time with. If somebody's guilting you out for not spending time with them, there's a reason, and it may not be about them. It may be about you, or it may be the fact that they're too needy, and, and they've got, they're just too, too you know, needing your company too much than, that than you have the ability to give. You know, when someone's lonely, they... They, they, they long to be witnessed and accepted, desired, needed, and at the same time becoming intensely wary of that they're exposed and say that they, you know, they don't have a true relationship with themselves or others. So they need and validate uh, themselves only through reflection of how other people see them. And that's the sad part about loneliness. And that's what many people do when they are lonely is they see themselves from the outside in and what the value they offer from the outside into them. They don't really define themselves as 
as a person. And so it's it's a really a desperate withdrawal uh, in which a lonely person becomes increasingly suspicious. Uh, they they in intensify their isolation. Um, there's even been studies that researchers found that lonely people's brains perceive social threats automatically and more quickly than the non-lonely. You know, and, and, you know, going back to the pain factor, loneliness hurts. It's a complex mental and emotional phenomenon, but it's it's often temporary. And it's important to realize that why we feel lonely, because only uh, then can we see how we might address it. And believe me, it's the opposite of what you feel. It's what you think. And that is to begin to, instead of focusing on yourself, focus on your value to other people and how you can help with them. And that's where you begin to connect. You know, it's loneliness is a feeling. And the more you pay attention to it, the more power you give it. And the more you tend to focus on yourself rather than what you can do to help others. And the more you become self-centered, self-absorbed. And this is also involved in depression and anxiety, which makes it even more difficult to focus on others and maintain meaningful relationships. And so the less attention on your lonely thoughts and feelings, the better. And, and so you want to make some effort to reach out to others and, and uh, um, you know, and, and connect with other people so you're not so self-absorbed and also initiate conversations, you know, or FaceTime when you don't feel like going out, but at least you're connecting. And, and that's an important thing to do. That's really, you know, making an observations is an easy way to break the ice and develop a friendship with other people. You know, um, prioritizing other people outside of ourselves and our own families begins to open our network up to more and more people. And so, you know, the, the, the only way we can end this acute loneliness is to start, you know, a, a proper uh, loving uh, restorative camaraderie between people and that means prioritizing your friends in your life and it means deliberately brazenly choosing who deserves to be in our lives in the first place and it means investing time and energy into people outside of our own families and our marriages and you can also break the cycle of loneliness by finding and spending time with people who enjoy the same activities as you so many people who share your interests it, it's it's a natural basis for beginning a friendship. So you have a lot to talk about and you have a lot of questions and a lot of focus on something else other than yourself. And so when you cope with loneliness by seeking out social support, you create more social moments with people in our lives who matter to us. And that usually reduces our loneliness. And, and so, you know, get curious in other people. Don't expect perfection. If you're interested in others, they will be attracted to you because you are giving them their attention. And guess what? You will get attention in return. You know, practice kindness. Um, um, spread good vibes, compassion to people in your life, even strangers. Smile at a stranger. How do you feel when someone smiles at you? In most cases, it makes you feel warm and happy and probably smile at them as a result. You know, uh, practices kindness. You know, it's so important. Use, you know, uh, you know, use your coins to change someone else's life. Don't just say happy birthday on social media. Send a, a real card instead. Unexpected cards are the best and they'll make a lasting positive impression. And if you can consider donating to charity or a cause, you can always give people uh, dollars, a couple of bucks in need 
or better still raise money for charity on your own birthday and use that as a gift back to others so so you know volunteering it's it's a meaningful way to connect with other people making good friends and you can significantly improve your community and social support when you volunteer but volunteer for something you like volunteer for something you really really enjoy if all your efforts are failing to help you overcome that then that's probably time to get a therapist it's probably time to seek some help find a safe environment to talk about how you feel and, and get one-to-one -one time with someone who can help you very very important you know it looking at our health loneliness is a universal human emotion it's complex and unique to each person and, you know there's no single cause and the prevention and treatment is damaging state of mind can vary dramatically like a lonely child who struggles to make friends has different needs than a lonely old man whose wife recently died or a lonely old woman. You know, in order to understand loneliness, it's important to take a real close look at exactly what we mean by the term lonely, as well as the causes, but the big one is the health consequences. But if you really just break loneliness down and define it, you know, there's a lot of def uh, definitions of loneliness. It's, it describes a state of solitude or being alone, but loneliness is actually a state of mind. In your head, loneliness is defined basically by feeling lonely more than once a week. Loneliness, according to a lot of experts, is not necessarily about, once again, being alone. Instead, you feel alone. You feel isolated. Um, you feel judged. You feel like you can't trust people and, and how that loneliness plays into your state of mind is huge. You know, uh, uh, like if you're just go to college or something, that could be very depressing and, and very lonely, despite the fact you're being surrounded by roommates and other people or, or a, a soldier that begins their military career might feel lonely after being deployed to a foreign country, despite being constantly surrounded by their other members. And so if, if you look at the contributions uh, to loneliness, it's, it's usually situational variables such as physical isolation or moving to a new place, divorce, the death of someone in your life that's significant. That also can lead to it. And, and it leads to a feeling, a, a, a state of mind that you have to overcome. And it can also be attributed to, to other factors such as the sense of that you don't like yourself or you have a low self-esteem. And people who lack confidence in themselves often believe that they're unworthy of the attention or the regard of other people. And then that leads them to chronic loneliness. And here's the health factors. Big deal. Here's the health factors. Loneliness has a wide range of negative effects on your physical and mental health, including depression, suicide, heart disease, stroke, increased stress levels, decreased memory and learning, antisocial behavior, really poor decision making, alcoholism, drug abuse, the progression of Alzheimer's disease. There, I said it right this time. A altered brain function. You know, but if you listen, if you have suicidal thoughts, the big thing is to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, by the way, let me give you that number is 1-800-273-8255. And there they have trained professional counselors who can assist you uh, and and uh, try to get you out of that state of mind. You know, the, by the way, suicide is pain management. It's, it's a person that's in deep, deep pain 
and they can't seem to solve it. And so they struggle with that sense of loneliness, that sense of despair, that sense of I don't belong. And they ha- that's, that's, that's created the deep, deep loneliness and a deep, deep despair and a deep sense of, of, of pain in their brain that they can't seem to deaden. And so they, they try so many things, but they end up falling into that state of mind. And to help someone, you have to help them alleviate their loneliness and their pain. You know, lonely adults, and that doesn't mean you're going to control it, but it does mean you can contribute by trying to offer company, companionship, empathy, concern, care. You know, lonely adults get less exercise than those who aren't lonely. So their diet tends to have fat, their sleep is less efficient, and they, they usually have a lot more fatigue. And so it also it disrupts their uh, cellular process deep in their body. And so uh, they end up with uh, what's called premature aging. And so, um, you know, having close friends can really help combat that sense of loneliness. And, and research has even shown that loneliness is becoming more and more common. And so... Uh, even up to like 1985, I read a statistic, I think it was 1985, that there were three times more people that felt lonely. Well, that's one thing because television. And another thing is because now they're just stuck in front of the Internet all the time. But all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how it can be contagious and how it can be overcome. So come back. your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. 
or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about loneliness. And, um, you know, there was a study that suggested that loneliness may be actually contagious. Uh, There was like a 10-year study where they examined how loneliness spreads on social networks. And the results indicate that people close to someone experiencing loneliness were 52% more likely to become lonely as well. So, you know, loneliness can be overcome. It it requires a conscious effort on your part to make some changes. And, uh, you know, making a change in the long run can make you happier and healthier, enable you to impact other people around you in a good way. You know, there's ways to do this. You know, recognize that loneliness is a sign that some something needs to change. Understand the effects that loneliness has on your life, both physically and mentally. And, and then consider doing community service or an activity you enjoy. These, these kind of situations present really good opportunities to people to cultivate new friendships, new passions, new interactions. And, and, and developing uh, quality relationships with people who share similar attitudes and interests and values that you have and, and expect the best. Lonely people often expect rejection, you know, and if you're going to predict the negative outcome of, of a ball game, you're probably going to get a negative outcome of a ball game, you know, of some kind of sport. And, and that's the way psychology is. That's the way people are. If you create a, a negative uh, predicted outcome, you're often going to get that outcome or something very, very close to it. You know, a lot of people assume that the, the personage, our personality is, is fixed, like your, you know, like your height or your shoe size. And I can tell you not the height because my height's changed a lot since I got into my 50s. <laughs> so, but, you know, a better analogy might be between people and body weight. Like, like an expanding uh, uh, waist, there, there's evidence that the personality changes as we get older. And just as we strive to lose weight, there's evidence that we intentionally change our personality. And so looking at personality traits um, over about a 15-year span in one study, the participants on average grew more lonely and less healthy. And so... You know, those people, as we get older, um, we have to understand how loneliness uh, may affect how we feel and how our health is and shape the way our personality develops. And so, you know, perhaps it's through physical and social activity that we're we're basically partly in the mix of getting into a social isolation period or being lonely. And so there's some signs, whether it's a move to a new or a school, a breakup, or a random uh, tough patch, you know, we all get lonely from time to time. And, uh, you know, it's pretty normal, but too much loneliness can be really taxing on our mental and physical health. In fact, a recent study found that feelings of loneliness increase mortality risk by 26%. And that's pretty startling. And it's important to get your loneliness facts down and, and take action if you're really feeling lonely. Here's what you should know. If you binge watch uh, in record time, you know, do you rip through uh, all 10 seasons of Friends or net on Netflix or you might feel lonely when, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you're just sitting there uh, eating popcorn and watching the same show over and over and over again in different series, that's a pretty good sign that you may be feeling lonely. 
you know, also know how you're supposed to behave in a social situation, but you just have trouble doing it. You know, lonely people may actually have a better understanding of social skills than non-lonely people. And so um, they, you know, they choke under pressure when it comes time to apply them to the real world situation. So if you have a tough time making conversation in social situations, remind yourself that you're probably not a lot or a lot better at it than you think. And so, you know, being alone doesn't feel like downtime. It feels lonely. You know, feeling lonely is a whole lot different than, you know, carving out a little me time. Spending time alone by choice actually has a lot of good benefits. And and, and even the Scientific American had an article that, that claimed that downtime replenishes the brain, stores of attention and motivation, and encourages productivity. And it's essential to achieve our highest levels of performance simply from and, and form more stable memories in everyday life. Also, uh, it also stated in this article that loneliness, on the other hand, feels uh, a bit different. If you're having trouble sleeping, feeling anxious, depressed, turning into social media, TV, when you're alone, you're probably really lonely. If, if you're a Facebook power user, you know, there was a University of Michigan study that I found wh where we're more likely to use Facebook when we're feeling lonely. Although Facebook doesn't necessarily make us feel lonelier, watching people's lives go by on our news feeds can lead to feelings of unhappiness. So instead of logging into Facebook next time you're feeling lonely, try face-to-face -face interaction or make a phone call to someone you love that you haven't talked to in a long time. But, you know, fixing it, you know, the first step is to acknowledge the fact that you feel lonely. And, you know, like everything that you need to change in life, change your loneliness starts by admitting what you're feeling. And after identifying that, you want to think about what ways you're feeling lonely or out of place and, and just sit back and analyze that. And, and, and if, if you've come to understand more about what the loneliness means to you and why and how you feel that way, explore more about it is actually the best way to, to make the feeling go away. You know, go join a club or a group that can help, whether it's a book club sports team, get involved in groups that revolve around your interests. You know, that way you'll go to the situation knowing you have something in common with people you're interacting with. You know, if you join a group uh, where the activity is meaningful to you and you enjoy it, chances are it will bring out the best in you. And if you feel uh, while you're engaged in that activity that will help you uh, feel more connected to other people around you because you have this one thing in common. But if that, you know, that may not even sound appealing, but, you know, Try taking care of someone. Maybe that's something that will nourish you. You know, just as uh, acts of kindness can help with social anxiety, being kind to or caring for others can ease your loneliness, even if that other is a pet. You know, raising children, uh, which you probably heard my kid outside the door uh, shouting a little bit ago. Sorry about that. But we're all socially isolated with our kids in the house. So, you know, raising children, teaching if you care for your animals, that really helps alleviate your sense of loneliness. And, and don't be afraid to ask for help. A big way to break the cycle is to seek some professional help. And in, in, in a study on loneliness, uh, University of Chicago psychologist uh, John Capitino uh, and colleagues concluded that individual therapy was probably the most effective way to change thought, patterns, and beliefs surrounding loneliness, shame, low self-esteem. And, and that's where therapy can really hit the rubber meet the road and help you. 
And as a first step, there's a need for increased public awareness, awareness among healthcare providers that loneliness is a condition that, like chronic pain, can become an affliction that almost can affect the, the, the entire journey of someone's life. And it's a serious factor. You know, luckily, there's a lot you can do to make it change. So take action sooner than later. You know, the feelings you get when you start falling for someone, the butterflies, the restlessness, when you try and get some sleep and staring at your phone, waiting for them to text you or call. It's a lot of fun in the beginning. But having all the fireworks and sparks uh, surround you two when you spend time with each other is really exciting, too. And that, that is the exact opposite of feeling of loneliness. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in the attention we get from the new person that it can be hard to know if it's actually love or if we're lonely or just compa- need some companionship. Unfortunately, a lot of pe- people meet the wrong person and they attach to that person and they go through this honeymoon phase of thinking they're each other or something they really aren't and they don't really watch the signs and then they find themselves... Uh, in a deeper commitment than they probably should be. And so, you know, if you find yourself in a situation, there's a lot of ways that you can breathe easy and know if it's actually the sense of love or needing this person or it's coming from your sense of loneliness. If you find someone perfect, when you're in love, you, you won't try and fix the other person. You, you not only, you know, there's good days, but when they're having something in common with you and they, when your love with them is, even, is at their worst and you also love their flaws, you see the, you don't get angry when someone of negative qualities. Science says that, that basically two people in love tend to focus on each other's positive qualities, you know, and that's because they drive that dopamine. Um, also your emotions are, are, get all out of whack. You know, you've been having a hard time eating, not sleeping. Yeah. You, you get all happy and giddy your heart races and get upset when the slightest thing goes wrong. But being in love is a form of addiction and, and these intense mood swings parallel the same ones that drug users have. So, you know, if, if you would do anything for your partner, uh, if you really are in love, you will feel an extreme amount of empathy towards your partner, and you don't question having to listen or lead, lend a helping hand. If you're just lonely, you'll probably find yourself making excuses when the going gets tough and your partner needs you. So if it's true love, you're willing to sacrifice your partner with your partner for your partner, whether it be time, money, or something else. Another sign is, is you want to be exclusive. Those who are deeply in love are said to crave each other sexually, but here's the catch. There's lots of strings attached and a lot of emotions surrounding the encounter. So if you're just lonely, and you you probably uh, won't share the same kind of deep emotional connection as two people who are really in love with each other. You know, you might have sex and it could be all fireworks, but that may just be it. So people in love want to be exclusive because basically our evolutionary reasons. Um, this, this possessiveness is thought to have evolved so that in love person will compel their partner to, to, uh, to get rid of their suitors and, and ensure their courtship so it's not interrupted until conception has occurred. You know, and it, it's, when, when you're in love, it's not about the sex. Those sex can be important between two people, and it, it is, it's an important element. But they also feel close by, by 
doing other non-sexual things. They crave not just physical closeness, but emotional closeness. And that tells you it's a sign of true love. That truly does. So, you know, as, as our world gets more global and more global and smaller and smaller, more connected, more crowded, um, increasingly uh, lonely for, for a lot of people, the, the problem is with a lot of unhappy consequences, not just because individuals experience, but for society. You know, the times we're in right now, very tough times, very tough times for people in this day and age, especially with this virus thing where you, you're kind of stuck with social media as the only way you can connect. You know, but um, you got to look at the interventions. Exercise is a huge thing. Maintaining your sense of uh, discipline and follow through and completion of things that you start. Very important for people to do that. You know, but if you're going to create social interactions, make it quality, make it good quality, make it to where it's something that you're doing what you exactly you love to do. You know, and if, if, if you're someone, let's say, that's faith based, that's a great thing. Then you find others who are faith based and, and help build your faith and enjoy that lifestyle with those other people. But don't get so caught up in it that it's a, a epidemic. Uh, you don't want to fall back on doctrine. Doctrine, if you're going to be in a uh, some kind of a religious thing, you want to be into the relationships and the learning from each other about what you know about whatever the faith is that you have. You know, many lonely people are victims of a lot of changing circumstances. And so they look at themselves oftentimes as a victim, which means that they're very self-centered. And so it's really important for counseling, especially when people are bereaved, people are depressed, people are anxious, people are elderly and they are relocated, or there's, there's kids that are children of divorce. These are really strong opportunities for people to reach out and try to seek some help. But it's very important to change that really messed up thinking. You know, it's, it's more research says, and I've said this earlier, to look out for, instead of looking for rejection and hostility, make faith-based choices. And I'm not talking about religion. I am talking about the sense of making a leap of faith. Take chances. Take good chances in your life that feed your life and give you a good life back. And and. That's what life's all about, is taking leaps of faith and learning experientially from those leaps of faith. All right, that's our show. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can do that through our webpage, voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, if you're lonely, turn down the lights, put on a horror film, and you won't feel lonely. Also, lonely people take longer and warmer baths, and that makes up for what they're missing emotionally and socially. <laughs> also, many people fear ending up all alone. However, living with the narcissistic borderline personality could be a lot worse. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 